I'm old. Yeah, I'm older. <laughs> but in my heart, I am young. In my heart, my knees, my back. <laughs> Not to say. <laughs> uh, get you some lupus, you won't even be young in your heart anymore. Yay. Love it. Well, that's a great way to start off a hilarious podcast. Hey, guys. Hi. This is a fun, lighthearted Star Wars <laughs> podcast. God, which issue do I want to uh, start off with today? There's so many to pick from. Um, I'm going on vacation. Oh, my God. And I love how everybody's first... I just came back from France. I know I'm rubbing people's faces at this point. But oh, people yeah. are like, where are you going? Where are you going, huh? And I'm like, I'm staying home. I'm Fucking nowhere. The best vacation is the staycation. <laughs> I'm, take, I'm, I'm staying the fuck off my computer as much as I possibly can. I have to right? edit... I have to edit for Light and Dice, and I'm going to record two podcast episodes with my bestie. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all the computer time I'm going to be on. And I think that's super healthy. And yeah. uh, maybe maybe we take a half a step back from social media as well, because I was telling I was, y'all, y'all, I was telling Chris yesterday uh, that I'm just hanging out on social media, doing my thing, interacting on our accounts, and suddenly everybody I, I interact with is being a cunt. And I realize... <laughs> That if everybody you meet is a cunt, it's actually you who's being the cunt <laughs> in that scenario. So I was like, "Oh, I might, I might need a timeout." Am <laughs> I, I the problem? A, I it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> and Rare now she's Swiftie quoting Taylor up. Swift, so it's a problem. There it is. There it is. <sighs> hey, did you know Taylor Swift's coming to Colorado? Uh, yeah, because. All the advertising for every single Taylor Swift concert ever is all over the place right now. Did you know that that's all anybody can fucking talk about is that Taylor Swift, like, that's all the news right now is that Taylor Swift is coming to Colorado. And congratulations, everybody who loves Taylor Swift. But, like, there was a breaking news bulletin for her merch bus arriving. I love that. Not her. Her merch bus. I want to be that cool. Right? I mean, look, come on, look, man. Like, objectively, that's it. amazing. Get it, girl. Get it. And I love how many people still think that she think of her like like the teenager she was when she started. Right. But she's like, not. isn't she in her 30s now? I don't know. She looks that like is she's... a grown ass woman. Yeah. She's a grown ass woman, media mogul, owner of, of, of everything. Like, she's fucking brilliant. And congratulations to her. <laughs> Support it. <laughs> But the merch bus, really? <laughs> really? The merch bus? Okay. Okay. Wow. I just, you know what? Swifties, get it. Get it. Enjoy. I'm just going to stay home and stay out of y'all's way. Because <laughs> goddamn. <sighs> anyway, I'm minimizing you, Chris. Go away. <laughs> you always so, do. You always I do, do. I do. Fuck you. Um, Sarah, do we have anything we want to talk about before we get into why we're here today? Uh, oh, a lot. But we should intro the show first. Uh, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do that. You ready? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> hey, everybody, welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. Wow. I'm leaning. You know what? That's my intro now. If you get any more than that, that's gravy. But for now, that's it. That's all you got. 123 episodes into this podcast, and I'm finally comfortable with just, that's it. There you go. 
There you go. Yeah. Except except you are, Stephanie. <laughs> but really, you need to work on that. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I? Do I? You want to give me some more notes, Chris? No. That's what I thought. That's not a... It's not a note, uh-huh. by the way. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's a suggestion. No, it's not. <laughs> it included the word need. It's no longer a suggestion. <laughs> now it's an order, and now I will never. You'll never do right. And that's yeah. how it works, folks. This that this this is what I've been talking about. <laughs> My therapist uh, has suggested in the past that there might be a hint of oppositional defiance going on over here. So hey. <laughs> that's what therapy's for, y'all. Anyway, that's a good that's a good intro, Steph. That all that that was great. Um, yeah, see, this is what happens when I don't do an intro. I talk for another two minutes. <laughs> and hey, everybody, I am I am Chris. I am that homosexual, and I have much better taste than hats than somebody that we're going to be talking about in this episode. <laughs> uh, There's some bad hats in this episode. What the fuck? And also, Stephanie. Oh my god, huh? I don't like the look of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> And look, I think that's <laughs> that's a very good quote to highlight because look, y'all, a have some light in the room because if you've never seen your partner naked before, you don't really know what you're dealing with. And I know some of us are self-conscious and we don't want to have lights on, but in order to advocate for yourself and your own health, you need to have a light on so that you can inspect the equipment that you're about to insert into your body, right? You need right. to make sure it doesn't have anything sketchy going on. And if you see anything that is of concern to you, you can pause. I, I'm here to advocate for everybody to go pause. Can we get a little more light on this? What's this? What's this right here? Is this contagious? Right. What is right. this? Because this might be a you and I watch each other from across the room session. <laughs> what this might be. Look, I'm still down, but I don't know if I want to touch that until you can explain to me why it's fuzzy. STI check is a real thing, y'all. It's a real thing. It's, it's very, a real thing. It, and look, that's we get self-conscious. We don't want to say anything. We don't want to offend anybody or anything. But like, it's your health. It's the only health you get. Right. It's so, just like when you're about to go on a long road trip. You got to check your tires. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Except it's, you need an it's oil less change. of a, you know less of a long road trip, more of an evening's entertainment. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's but the 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 metaphor stands, Heather. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Uh, okay so other than sex ed do you have anything you want to talk about before we get, we get into it today hey steph did you know that um mon mothma is responsible <laughs> for the rise of the first order <laughs> okay so this is, a, <clears throat> this is a hot take that's floating around the internet right now because of the promotional stuff for andor not andor Oop. ahsoka ahsoka the other a show that's been coming out is uh is yeah that Mon Mothma is solely responsible for the rise of the First Order. Uh, so it's all her fault. And I find that interesting. Just, just intriguing. Uh, Why? That the people, the people that are coming up with these hot takes look at the, the Andor series and they look at all the characters in that series and the one that they blame for how shit flo- falls down after Andor is the powerful woman. Notice they're not blaming Bix for anything. Right. And that's because Bix, bless her, was broken down and humiliated over the course of the the series. Mm-hmm. So they're fine with that. They're comfortable with that. But Mon Mothma? Mon Mothma retaining her position of authority? That's not great. But listen, she's the least proactive character in the series. Right. 
We blame Mon Mothma, but not Luthen. Or, I don't know, Supreme Leader Snoke. I don't right. know. <laughs> I mean, or, or the Emperor. Or Palpatine. <laughs> the actual guy who's doing all of this. But, like, of, of the characters in Endor, Luthen's right there. He's the one who's proactively destroying the system. And destroying himself in the process, gladly sacrificing himself on the altar of the rebellion and taking down the empire. But no, it's Mon Mothma's fault. And the people that people that are saying this are citing multiple books, some of which are not canon mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as their sources for this is all Mon Mothma's fault. Blame Mon Mothma. And I tweeted about this for as long as Twitter is still active. I guess that'll stay relevant. Blaming Mon Mothma. For the rise of the First Order is like blaming Padme for the rise of the Empire. Right. Which is also a hot take I've seen. Yeah, of course. I, what, 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 do they, what does Padme and Mon Mothma have in common? I don't know. Vaginas. <laughs> it's vaginas. <laughs> I mean, it's just... That face was amazing. it's it's just they're not even trying to hide it no it's just blatant fucking sexism that's Mm -hmm. all it is just i don't and it's so dumb so yeah yeah there you heard it here first y'all mon mothma is responsible for the entire rise of the first order and you know what you know what i just realized just now the reason they're blaming mon mothma for the rise of the first order is because they want to blame a woman character for the rise of the sequel trilogy which they hate Oh, that's a good observation. Yeah. Because sequel trilogy bad also more girls. It's bad. There's right. no girls allowed in the in the boy Star Wars club. Right, right. How well, um now I love Mon Mothma more. So there. Even more. <laughs> it's Even just more. it's not she's not she's just fucking not responsible. That's stupid. There's no one person is responsible for anything in Star Wars. Yeah. Because that's the whole point is that it takes an army it takes a whole ass rebellion it takes a village it takes even fucking palpatine had his own village okay mm-hmm. yeah. of people who are all playing their role so no no one person is responsible for anything not even palpatine snap well uh i'm glad i got you charged up this morning so. <laughs> <laughs> this is what y'all this is what he does okay it will start recording and i'll be like doobadoobadoo i'm gonna talk about this episode and then he's like oh yeah outrage bomb yeah just lob it right in the middle of the chat and then wind her up and let her go for the next 10 minutes i'm here for that um, and then and then when she's editing the podcast later she can get real self-conscious about how much talking she does in the episode and then somebody gets to hear about it a lot. <laughs> and 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 so I'm, you know, of course I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow, so I'm going to be in line for something and my Facebook Messenger is going to fire off and she's going to be like, "Fuck! <laughs> Why won't this bitch shut up?" <laughs> but you know what? Cuz I do it because you're good at it. Notice it doesn't slow me down or anything. Oh, I'm, no, I'm fuck, not I'm not no. talking less. No. Or uh you are the woman and I don't know if you knew this. I don't I, I, I don't feel like I should be speaking on uh, <laughs> women's issues as much as, say, someone that identifies as female. And that's because um, you're a good ally. I know. <laughs> that's what that is. Uh, there's been a lot on social media lately, particularly on TikTok. There's been a lot of cishet men speaking on on women's issues and oh, I know. they feel they feel empowered to do so because of all the times that we've said you're the ones that need to talk to men you need to you need to get your your each other in check 
Okay, because we can talk at them until we're blue in the face, but other cishet men will only listen to you, so you need to do the talking. But they interpreted that as, I need to explain to women about their struggle. And that's just been really obnoxious on social media today. And this is just me presenting a friendly reminder to everyone, you can block anybody at any time for any reason, and it's okay. I love that. I've uh, I've been blocking a lot of performative male feminists lately. Little little Joss Sweden's running around. Out there. <laughs> hey, um, uh, I'm gonna pivot really quick. Uh, pivot, speak, baby. Speaking of uh, people talking about shit they don't know anything about, um, mm. there is a new strike happening. Yes, that's very significant. That hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, this hasn't happened since. Uh, it's based on my favorite tweet I saw yesterday. Uh, noted socialist Ronald Reagan uh, led uh, <laughs> uh, led all the actors to strike. Uh, so, um, th- uh, just a quick reminder: we support the writer strike, and we're going to support yep. the SAG strike as well. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. But it is extremely important everybody actually educates themselves on the issues, uh, including the reasons why the studios are saying they're not they're far apart from the actors, and vice versa. Uh, mm-hmm. because this actually has a very big impact, uh, on all of us, um, for many different reasons because of the issues we're dealing with, especially when it comes to AI. So, mm-hmm. uh, please educate yourself. Um, I have friends that are very scared. They, uh, have kids and they're preparing to, uh, strike all day long and the weather has not been kind, uh, in California right. lately. Um, and then... Uh, work their second job at night so they can feed their children. Exactly. Because not everybody who's going on strike here can afford to go without work. Right. So, I mean, it's, I love the, the conceit of the studios in this. We're just starve them out, essentially, is their, uh, is their strategy is to just continue this until all the actors lose their homes and can't feed their kids anymore. And then, and the writers, uh, and then they'll just give in to all of the studios conditions. Um, no, people will just go get another job. Yeah. Like every every from what I understand, every bartender you meet in LA is a working actor. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, so most most service industry uh, service industry people also are trying to get into the entertainment business. It's not just acting; it's people right. people in post production, pre production, current production, writers, etc. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of vitriol being flung around. There's a lot of people lo- really loose with the term scab. Um, so yeah. again, educate yourselves and find out what it actually means to scab. Um, you know, people who are making podcasts about, about material, about media are not scabs. Right. Um, particularly us because, uh, the stuff we're talking about came out in 2014. So, well, just uh, well, to that, uh, to that end, this is an example of, you should really know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, the arguments that the, uh, movie production companies and studios are making is that not enough people are buying stuff and watching stuff. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we cannot do some of the things you're asking for because our business isn't there. So if you go on, if you go on social media and you start talking about how you're not going to talk about stuff anymore, you're not going to share content, you're not going to watch content, etc., You are doing exactly what the movie studios want you to do. Yeah. You are devaluing the content uh, and weakening the position of the creatives who are on strike right now. Yeah, they want you. They want you to appreciate their work. They want mm-hmm. you to watch. They want you. You to need talk to prove that it. it has value. 
literally every single person involved with the production of this episode that we're talking about today is on strike. Yep. So, you know, just saying. And also, just a quick note, um, Bob Iger, girl, sit your ass down and shut the fuck up. I was wondering if you were going to have anything to say about Bob. Is this the good Bob or the bad The good bad Bob. Bob. And look, he is good Bob. Ooh. He's an ally. He's He stuck his neck out when he didn't need to. Um uh, I know. I understand why he said what he said, and that'll be a separate discussion for a different time. Because he's a rich old white man. Mm, well, not exactly. There's a there. Mm. There is a practical reason to it, but I'm just we've, we're talking about too many issues today, and uh, that's a whole talk, and it requires nuance. But uh, no, what he said was stupid. He's generally he generally does really good PR, and that was a that was a total fucking fail boat. However, if you think that he decides to reduce his reduce his salary to $1 a year uh, and redistributes his money to the rest of the company would save uh, the Disney streaming situation. It will not. There's a much bigger dynamic at play that we have to, we as a, as a society have to understand. And uh, the income disparity issue between sea level and rest of us is a big issue that demands a much wider discussion than just this, the entertainment piece but it would be really helpful if folks in C-level positions uh, were more aware of the fact that uh, people are getting paid enough, and maybe you are not the one who should be speaking when you're talking about um, issues as it relates to worker pay. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that. Maybe maybe now is a good time for billionaires to shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. I appreciate uh, I appreciate Bob Iger for the good stuff he's done. That's why I call him the good Bob. But he's still a C-level executive of a very demanding entertainment company so make no mistake good bob is not necessarily a good person <laughs> no. no 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 i think he I is i don't think anybody I, with that i don't think anybody with that much money is actually a good person anymore i so. mean that, that's a again that that's a really important discussion to have uh and i uh, i i think it society as a whole needs needs to grapple with that a little bit better um that said you know uh this is a very complicated issue, y'all. You need to educate yourself. That's all I'm saying. The whole thing, yeah. the whole strike thing. The whole the whole thing is a mess. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, we support the human beings who are uh, currently <laughs> trying to fight for their lives and their livelihoods. They would like to get paid. We support them not being replaced by technology yep. in perpetuity. So. Yep. All of them. All of not them. Not just the upper echel- echelons. I'm talking, uh, and, and not just like the... The fucking blockbuster movie stars. I'm talking everybody down to the busser at your restaurant who it, also would like to get maybe another union commercial on their resume, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Everybody. And the writers, too. All of you. Anyway. So, yeah, that's us. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Support workers, y'all. Down with um, <laughs> Okay. Anything else you want I, to talk about today? I have a review. Oh, sweet. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, this actually came from a patron named William. Oh, thank mm. hi William. Uh, uh, he says, or they say, sorry, I didn't ask your gender. Uh, I'm leaving a review on here since Spotify doesn't allow me to do it there. Hi, I've been listening for about a year now, and I found you guys on TikTok and saw you discussing Ooh. bail bailing on Obi Wan's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had one of those in a while. And, well, it's because bail's not in the show. And, so. and yeah. after listening you to discuss the box. <laughs> I was hooked and have been listening ever since. Your humor is Aww. just for me, uh, just for me, and you're relighting the spark of love I have for Star Wars. I just became a patron, and you're 1,000th YouTube s- a subscriber. Keep up the good work. Oh wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, side note: 
we have a thousand oh. YouTube subscribers, and I Amazing. found out because it's I had no idea. People. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck's my plaque, YouTube? Anyway. Um, YouTube give I a shit know. about a thousand? You don't get shit. No. You don't even get a $5 Starbucks gift card, which, by the way, thanks to inflation, won't buy you shit. <laughs> no. Maybe a cake pop. Mm, cake maybe. pop. Maybe. Mm. Their cake pops are gross, though. Yeah, they are. It's because they don't mix them without icing. They just It's just hot cake. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? I used to have a cake business, okay? I know these things. That's right. So, anyway, um, thank you so much for that review. Super appreciate it. Glad you're here. Okay. Okay. Now I'm done. Cool. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, let's get into it here, shall we? Yes. All right. So, what we're doing on this podcast, when we eventually get around to talking about the podcast part uh is we are watching through the entire star wars visual story in chronological order which means that we started with episode one the phantom menace and we have been zooming forward on is it a speeder bike is it a vespa i don't know through time since then and we find ourselves today in star wars rebels season one episode 13 call to action <gasps> dun 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 Ooh, do you have an intro <clears throat> spike it after Ooh. the betrayal, Senator What's-His-Fuck, the Ghost Crew tries to figure out a way to spread their <laughs> message of hope and unity. But Ezra's fear of losing his newfound family is starting to have a negative impact. Will the crew come up with a plan that is sensible and low risk? Of course not. Also, <laughs> happy gay pride in Lothal, apparently. Yeah, every time Rhydonium comes into play. <laughs> every time. Oh. Okay, so behind the scenes on this episode, it is directed by Stuart Lee, who has directed many of the episodes we've watched so far. Yay. Uh, and we have two writers on this one. We have Greg Weissman, who we've heard from before. Uh, he's the one who's uh, written for Gargoyles, you know, all of it. Mm. Uh, Young Justice and three of the episodes that we've watched so far in Rebels. Uh, he's also a goddamn delight to follow on um, social media. You guys, if you can find Greg Weissman, he's great. Oh, nice. Uh, also written by Simon Kinsberg, who is the executive producer of Rebels, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but he but he also writes a bunch of movies that he's also usually involved with in a producer capacity. Uh, he, he, wrote, <laughs> he wrote Triple X, State of the Union. Oh, cl- what a classic. Yeah, that's the one with Ice Cube, by the way, not Vin Diesel. No. That's the, I like that one, though. <laughs> I like Ice Cube. Yeah. Uh, he he wrote for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the movie, but for me it was eventually soured by like the super focus on all of the Brangelina of it all around that. And it's particularly now from a 2023 perspective, that's really gross. Right? That whole situation's so gross. Anyway, he also wrote for X-Men The Last Stand. A movie we will never talk about at Marvelous Divas. <laughs> <laughs> You're cute. Please, X-Men, Jesus, please. <laughs> X-Men Dark Phoenix. You know, I've never seen that one. Uh, don't. And <laughs> he previously wrote for one episode of Rebels, the very first one, Spark of Rebellion. Okay, so he's had some wins and losses. He's had some some big... He's just he's He mainly works as a producer. Every now and then he'll write some shit. So... That's what's going on here. Okay. Cool. All right. So we get into the episode. We see a really cool shot of Lothal City at night, particularly the giant dome of the Imperial Complex. Yeah. Very cool. Did you know there's a lake? 
Uh, no, I do now. I have in my notes. Right. Wait, is there an animation uh, update? Right. It looks really good. Like, it looks different. Like, I actually went back to the episode prior and in a couple episodes prior to that and compared it to the opening scene of this one. I'm like, they they did something to the animation. They're making some changes. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, they're not changing the style. Uh, like they did on Clone Wars. They did some pretty, pr- pretty serious stylistic changes. Yeah. Uh, as they went through, but, uh, but no, it's just the environment. The scenes are just getting prettier and prettier as yeah. we go along. And like, I don't understand people who hate the look of this show. Like, did, this show looked amazing, especially this opening scene, which, uh, the moment I, I, I did think, I was like, oh, that looks pretty. But then, of course, the Imperial March dun, starts dun, to play. Dun, 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 and, dun. and I instinctively, first time I watched this episode, stood up. I do not know why. <laughs> because you could do anything about it? <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I, you know what? That's the effect of the Imperial March, baby. Yeah, but it just came out of nowhere. And, of course, my second note is, okay, what the fuck did the Ghost Crew do now? <laughs> <laughs> right? Everything. Everything they've done is what leads us to here. Because we have an incoming... I'll come in again. We have an incoming Imperial Star Destroyer. And it spits out a shuttle and a couple of TIE fighters escorting it. That pulls into a very original trilogy-looking shuttle bay. It's very Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. It's very Arrival of the Emperor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or Arrival of Vader. Arrival of somebody going to kill all of you. Like, all the troops are all lined up. And we have Minister Tua and her vibrator hat, uh, <laughs> the Grand Inquisitor, and and Agent Callus all stepping out to meet whoever's about to disembark. I, again, having forgotten how the series goes, fully expected Vader. Me too. Yeah. Um, but no, it's so much worse. So much worse. I would have preferred <laughs> Vader. <sighs> Who steps off the shuttle, babe? The queen herself. <laughs> <laughs> Moff, Grand, Grand Admiral Moff, whatever, fucking Tarkin. It's Grand Moff Tarkin. Now, the last time we saw him was back in Clone Wars where he was Admiral Tarkin. Oh. And uh, real quick, that is, in fact, the return of Stephen Stanton as the voice of Grand Moff Tarkin. And he's such a good he's such a good voice actor that I instantly hate Tarkin as soon as he speaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. Um, quick reminder for anybody who watched through Clone Wars with us, or anybody who's just now joining us, Stephen Stanton's fucking great. Uh, in Clone Wars, he was the voice of Tarkin, also Masameda, Moralo, Ival, and Colonel Meeper Gascon. <laughs> no! Colonel Meeper Gascon. Oh yeah! How dare oh, yeah. you! How dare you! We we, <laughs> we promised you promised me to never speak that name again. <laughs> Stephen Stanton, who is also a goddamn delight to follow on social media, you guys. Uh, he loves Colonel Meeper Gascon. He will talk about Colonel Meeper Gascon at any opportunity. Fucking loves that. So character. I blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> he did not because Stephen Stanton's also hot. He's, so how dare yeah. you? How I dare know. you be? How dare you be right about me? And also, how dare voice actors be both attractive and talented? Stop it. Leave some for the rest of us. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Grand Moff Tarkin steps off and he's got, you know, the stormtroopers escorting her and everything down the ramp. Um, Minister Tua is immediately like, oh, so honored that you're here and not at all terrified. Super surprised to see you. And Tarkin is immediately in it with the shade. He's like, And I too have been surprised by what's been happening on your little backwater world. What the fuck? Tarkin is super annoyed that he had to come out here. So annoyed. Super annoyed. 
Because this is the Outer Rim, and he's a Core Worlds kind of guy. He's a Core World Queen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a core World Queen. <laughs> I'm making a sticker. Hold on. I got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was thinking about that, like, um, while Steph is looking for uh, pen and paper. Um, much oh, like... I got dry erase work. Oh, cool. Much like much like people in New York or L.A. have an attitude about people in more rural communities, I have got to believe people that usually live in Coruscant have a whole fucking feel oh, yeah. about the other yeah. room, right? No, this is this is totally like Manhattan versus Alabama, okay? Right, right. <laughs> like, the Outer Rim is, has always been presented, and I fucking love it, as the Wild West of the galaxy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Lothal's no different. Like, this is... This is some high plains prairie fucking cowboy shit going on. And we'll get into it because we're about to see some uh, here in a minute. But no, it's totally, it's all, it's super uncivilized, you know, Wild West shit out here. Mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah, he's disdainful. And he points out to Minister Tua that in the absence of Governor Price, there's that name getting there's dropped There's that again. name we again, yeah. Never met Governor Price. But in the absence of Governor Price, the minister's only job was to protect the empire's industrial interests on Lothal. And this is when I realized, oh, okay. Tarkin has played real-time strategy games. Yeah. Because what you do when you want to expand your territory, you send some soldiers out to sort of like clear out the locals. But then you have to, in, a, in an RTS game, then you set up a little supply depot, something to start generating resources in that space. And then from there, you can expand and you can build and then you can take over that part of the territory. So that's what he's doing here. Lothal is the resource generator for their Outer Rim campaign. Man, now I really want to play Warcraft or Starcraft. I know. (laughs) The original, not the MMO kids. Sorry. Yeah, no, none of that. The actual RTS where you're building worlds and empires and shit. Anyway, um, so that's the goal is Lothal is supposed to be, they're supposed to be securing and sitting on this pile of resources Mm -hmm. uh, for the rest of the empire's use in the Outer Rim. Um, But they haven't been doing that. And we quickly discover everybody's in trouble. Oh, yeah, because he's there. He's like, Minister, not only did you not protect the interests of the Empire here, you have allowed insurgents to flourish right under your nose. <laughs> it is exactly that. That is perfect. Snooty. Yeah. <laughs> and then he turns to Agent Callus. And you could tell by the look on Callus's face, he thought he was going to skate by yeah. in this conversation. <laughs> but nope. He's like, Agent Callus, you totally haven't caught the insurgents yet. Like, that's your whole job? Yeah, and Callus is all, but daddy, I've exhausted every resource to capture them. He's like, yeah, they're super slippery. Yeah. <laughs> you don't understand. They're so elusive. Tarkin doesn't give a shit. But Tua, Minister Tua is like, and the people say that they are being led by a Jedi. The look on Tarkin's face. Mm-hmm. Did you see this shit? Oh, my God. Oh, he fucking hates Jedi so much. Well, they put him through <laughs> some shit. Well, yeah. they also gave him piggyback rides when he needed it. So I'm thinking, check yourself. Oh, he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> He's worse than a cat. Like, like you do something nice for a cat, eh, fuck, they're going to fucking forget about it in five minutes. In fact, uh, piggyback rides are now part of your job description. Yeah, you should have done that. Absolutely. So he gets this look of just hatred on his face. Shout out to the animation because facial expressions, everything they learned about facial expressions in Clone Wars, they translated over to the art style of Rebels here. Absolutely. So you can see Tarkin go through, oh my God, fucking Jedi. And then he switches into propaganda mode. Mm-hmm. 
and he gives a literal eye roll. And I, I got too late in the episode to do, to do it. But if, if you guys watch through this, you can do a drinking game. Every time Tarkin rolls his eyes, drink. You oh will be my unconscious God. by the end of the episode. Yeah. Cause it's constant. And he launches into mocking and downplaying the idea of the existence of a Jedi, of how they suddenly appeared, leaping from the pages of ancient history. And I'm like, hold up, ancient? You mean 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. That's ancient? Well, see, again, gay man, so <laughs> 15 years is a long time, because you can start balding between in that time frame. <laughs> That's true. No, I think he's, he's exaggerating. The, the sort of antiquity of the Jedi, mm-hmm. because that's part of the propaganda. Um, because that's, you have to, to make it sound like they are so far in the past that they almost, maybe they didn't even exist. Like, right. this is why when we get into the original trilogy, spoiler alert, Luke Skywalker's like, but the Jedi were so long ago, blah, 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 blah. Like the general perception in the galaxy, and Han Solo, I think, says some shit about it too. The general perception in the galaxy is that the Jedi are like super anachronistic and yeah. haven't been around in a hundred years or whatever. And really, it was, it was 18 years ago in the original trilogy. Like, oh, less than a lifetime, a lot less. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway. Tarkin's like, yes, yes, there's a Jedi, a quote unquote Jedi. It's really too bad that we don't have a specially trained Jedi hunter around. Oh, hi, Grand Inquisitor. What a shady ass bitch. Okay, I, <laughs> but I must admit, I did love the dressing down Tarkin's giving everybody. Yeah, yeah. The look on the Grand Inquisitor's face, though. Oh, he oh. hates this shit. Oh, yeah. He hates this shit. Because I guarantee you, the only person who's allowed to talk to him like that is Vader. Uh-huh. And and here's Tarkin just just schooling all of them. He sounds like a stereotypical harsh British headmaster of a school. And that's the idea. I love that. That's the point. That's the, that's point. the point. That is the point, yeah. Anyway, he turns to the minister and he's like, Have you ever met a Jedi? <laughs> and she's like, No. And he says, I actually knew the Jedi, so Tarkin's a hipster. Yeah. I actually knew the Jedi, not from the pages of folklore or children's tales, but as flesh and blood. And do you know what happened to them? And she's like, um, so there were rumors? He says, they died. Every last one of them. Oh. Fucking drag queen. Well, yeah, but also... This is the propaganda. This yeah. is the party line of the Empire. All of the Jedi are dead because the Empire killed them all. Therefore, anything that's left after that cannot possibly be a Jedi. Otherwise, then we would be questioning the Empire's effectiveness. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's that's why they have to, That's you know, party line. Propaganda. Propaganda, baby. Recognize this shit. Of course, Tarkin finishes off with saying, this criminal isn't a Jedi, and I will prove it. (laughs) Did Tarkin briefly morph into a Mon Cal right then? He did. He did. Okay. Okay. Sure. I love it. You can't roll your R's? I I, I missed the the tongue. Okay. I, I, I went too far back in my mouth. I have that problem a lot. You did. You, you gurgled. <laughs> ah. 
Anyway, so title card of the episode. Boom. Yay. And then, oops, the ghost crew does start the episode being chased by the Empire. Do you see the colors on their speeders? Tell me about the colors on their speeders. The fact that they exist? Uh, there, There is a green one and a yellow uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. And a, and, and a white one. Yeah, it's almost like there's a proven history in Star Wars of speeders being brightly colored. Y'all were commenting on the uh, people who pitched a shit fit about Book of Boba Fett when the speeder bike gang and that had brightly colored. I just think that that and the brick thing is the the, the two dumbest fucking. That one fucking dumbass all pissed off about bricks and screws. Whatever. Yeah. He also thinks Kathleen Kennedy got fired again. So. (gasps) Hey, you mentioned a topic I wanted to briefly talk about. You know what, people? Oh, yeah? Yeah, very briefly. Okay, pause the episode. Go, Christopher. Yeah. Uh, If Kathleen Kennedy were to get fired today, let's say, she's still a successful producer because she is the person that has produced such movies as Gremlins, E.T., The Color Purple, Back to the Future, The Goonies, Empire of the Sun, Indiana Jones, Hook, Jurassic Park, the whole fucking series, by the way. Uh, Indiana Jones, the whole fucking series, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. War of the are, Worlds. Are we Schindler's fucking now? list. Oh, there you go. Anyway, uh, it doesn't fucking matter. She is a successful fucking person, and there is nothing y'all can do or say about it. I am so sorry. To be clear, uh, there are there are creators out there on the internet whose entire paycheck depends on you being outraged uh, and clicking on their stuff, right? So, A, don't click on it. Right. Don't retweet them. Don't go to their YouTube. It doesn't matter. And by the way, Twitter is unblocking people for you because there are creators that I definitely blocked that are back on my feed and I've right. had to reblock them. Me too. But it's kind of fun because it's like playing whack-a-mole and I get to hit them again. So, but anyway... They, and so what they like to do is they like to say that Kathleen Kennedy, and this is, this is multiple, multiple times that this happens. Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm, one of the most successful producers in Hollywood, and a woman on top of all that, is getting fired. Uh, and that's because they blame her for the existence of the sequel trilogy. Um, and I thank her for the existence of the sequel trilogy. Right. So it's just because it's, they just want, they're farming for outrage. They're genning up outrage and farming for clicks. And it's literally like over a dozen times that this particular creator whose name shall not be spoken has said that she's fired. And I guess his views were getting low. And yeah. he needed a, he just needed to goose them real quick so that people will click over and, and hope that it's true this time. And also to, uh, provoke fucking shitty news outlets that are trying to churn out articles for a 24 hour internet news cycle to come over and click and watch his video and, and quote him and stuff. Like they're, it's just, it's fucking, you're being grifted, y'all. Don't go for it. And, but if you're, if you're a listener of this podcast, you, you're not watching this guy. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Not sure who I'm talking to. And, and yes, it is true. She's hinting at retirement because guess what? She's very successful. What more does she have to prove? She's going to go Scrooge McDuck around in a giant pile of money. She has a room right. in her fucking mansion where one wall is where all of her Oscars are. Just one reward. Oscars. Yeah. I mean, y'all. She's, she's fine. She might retire and they might dance, think that they're dancing on her grave as she leaves. But she's ascending. Yeah. Like she's evolved. She has oh four God. fucking pools apparently. 
Like, come on, guys, give me a break. Anyway, and I'm not saying that we should all we should all strive to have four fucking pools, but there, you can't you can't deny her success, or you can try, but you look real dumb when you do. Yeah. Anyway, Kathleen Kennedy has not been fired. She's not, fine. No. She's still the president of Lucasfilm. Right. She's fine. She's okay. She's okay. Okay, okay, okay. So getting back to the ghost crew being chased by the Empire across the dusky fields of Lothal. Uh, they're going along and Ezra's like, um, aren't we going the wrong way? And Kanan's like, okay, we cannot lead them back to the ship. Yeah. Because they are being chased by like a troop transport and a bunch of troopers on speeders. Cool. Um, so they are all on speeders, but Sabine's speeder looks like something else. It looks Is like it? a, you're right. It does look like a Vespa. Um, yeah, it's, I, a, it's a space Vespa. I tried looking up what it was, and I couldn't find a lot of information other than it's called Sabine Speeder. Okay. <laughs> but they probably stole these speeders, I'm thinking. Well, I mean, yeah, but they're theirs. Yeah. They've been in the hold. We've seen them for the past couple episodes. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, so the people chasing them in the troop transport, that is Commandant Oresco and Taskmaster Grint, Chris's inappropriate boyfriend. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> good good retort love it anyway so the rebels are clever <laughs> the rebels are speeding into a small town the imperials split their forces think that they're going to surround them or something but the rebels it turns out are far too clever yep. for the empire by a fucking mile oh my god right seriously fucking sabine takes a really tight corner turning into this town the speeder the trooper on the speeder behind her can't make the turn he skids off of some walls the speeder hits a wall blows up ding on the sabine blow shit up counter god damn it sabine <laughs> Kanan. oh my god this man is responsible for my pants i need to send him my pants bill because <laughs> it's ridiculous all right so he's he's speeding along he's got a trooper right behind him he just looks at him and then casually flips around and sits backwards on his speeder, shoots the guy, flips back around. He's like, ha ha, got him. And I'm like, why are you so hot right now? <laughs> <laughs> that ponytail what? flying in the wind. <laughs> but no, this is some fucking Wild West rodeo shit. Yeah, this, That's... I mean, th that, this is a, this is literally a horse chase through an Old West town. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And that turning around thing, that's straight. I can think of, uh, numerous times that because uh, my grandpa used to make me sit down and watch westerns with him that was how we bonded and like yeah that is a classic western movie horse chase shot oh yeah to turn around on the horse do do this trick shot turning around backwards on the horse and shooting instead of just like shooting over your shoulder like a sensible person yeah yeah no it was fucking brilliant it almost makes me want to start a wild west rodeo shit counter for the show but i feel like we missed that by many, many, many dings. Yeah, back in Clone Wars. Way back in Clone Wars, like there is another counter I wanted to add, but I was like, no, we 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 missed that. We missed that uh, window a long time ago. Like Cad Bane would have broken that counter a long time ago. My God. Yeah. So let's just acknowledge that Star Wars. I love Star Wars when Star Wars is a Western. It's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. I I love the Outer Rim. There, I said it. The Outer Rim is my favorite part of the galaxy. I just like rimming. That's, I was hoping you'd go for that. There we go. That's, you're getting predictable and I love that about you. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I am what I am. Anyway, Ezra gets in on the clever shit. He lures the troopers into an alley. Another trooper circles around like he's going to cut them off, but then suddenly the empty Imperial speeders just sort of drift by. Oops. So he goes into the alley and he's looking around and he finds the bodies unconscious dead unclear of the of the two troopers and he hears 
ahem, there's the rebels up on a balcony above them, and Ezra shoots him with his gun saber and stuns him. And I want to point out, Ezra's stunning people. Yep. Kanan and Sabine are definitely killing them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, Sabine tells Ezra, You're finally getting the hang of this. There's hope for you yet. (laughs) He's all proud. So we get back to the ghost. What's going on? Uh, They get back to the ghost and uh, the other crew members are watching a interview with Senator Travis. And he's all, I've recommitted myself to the Empire. My bad about talking all that shit. And then then he's straight up calling out the ghost crew. They even show the ghost crew on the fucking uh, hollow net news. Yeah, do you think Chopper's pissed that his picture's not up there? Yes. Because he does, if you watch him, he's doing the wavy arm thing like, fuck, where the fuck am I? <laughs> so, you know, uh, Zeb's like, Carabast. Shut it off and Dean on the Carabast <laughs> counter. There you go. And, Star Wars profanity, baby. And Ezra looks kind of downtrodden and says, man, every time we win, we lose. And ain't that the fucking truth? Right? Well, I mean, that's. You are a scrappy band of rebels opposing the massive fucking galactic empire, honey. So I love you, but mm. but real quick about that interview that we just saw. Two things, okay? One, we had one of our patrons point out the name Gaul Travis. Oh, God okay? damn it. <laughs> God, I fucking hate Gaul- Star Wars. <laughs> Gaul Travis. Gaul Travis, as in he had the gall to betray us. God damn it. Fucking Star Wars name strikes again. Uh, that one's a little better disguised than Amagundai, but it's still there. It's still, there. It's still bad. It's still bad. <laughs> now, um, the guy he's talking to, that is Alton Castle. We have heard the voice of Alton Castle before uh, on these Imperial broadcasts. He's right. the one that does the announcing, right? So I'm like, okay, who's doing the voice of Alton Castle? And I go... I look at the credits on the episode on Disney Plus. Right. And I'm like, Gerald Parodies? Who's that? I try to look him up. That is a German voice actor because once again, Disney Plus has the German credits. And I'm fine with that. I don't know if maybe Disney, my Disney Plus settings, it thinks I'm German. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's the, the credits are in German. There's all the German actors. Uh, Gerald Parodies was a German voice actor. He was very successful. He did a lot of German dubbing for The Muppet Show. Oh. And he passed away in 2016. So oh. acknowledgement of that actor since he was brought to my attention. Um, but yeah, Gerald Parodies is not doing the English voice. So I'm like, who the fuck is that? I go look on IMDb. Alton Castle is not credited on IMDb at all anywhere for Rebels. What? Yeah. The character's name does not come up. So I'm like, who the fuck is voicing this character? So I go to my illicitly obtained other version of this episode. Uh-huh. Sure. I don't- where the... Where the credits are in English. <laughs> right. And the voice of Alton Castle is, in fact, Steve Bloom, the voice of Zeb. God damn it. There you go. So that was a journey. But there it is. Do better, Disney. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, I guess. I mean, Disney, you're not going to be making movies for the next couple months, so you might as well go back and fix all the credits on your shows. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it in German? Why German? <laughs> Anyway, so getting back to this, Ezra is discouraged every time we win, we lose. And Kanan's like, ah ha ha, 
but I have a plan that could even the score. He says, if Travis can do it, we can do it too. And Zeb's like, what? We're going to send out some kind of inspirational type messages. Exactly. And this is where I wanted to, I I had an idea for counter, but it's way too fucking late. But I was going to suggest we add the, uh uh-oh, the Jedi has a fucking plan counter. (laughs) (laughs) I think we kind of have that wrapped up in Anakin Skywalker bullshit. Yeah, Um, yeah. But that's that's when it's an extremely dangerous plan that can only be pulled off by by the hair on your balls and some audacity. Um, which is kind of where we're at, but we're not. It's it's actually, it's a decent plan. They're going to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Rebels Radio Podcast. A, a podcast within a podcast. Let's go. Okay, so, um, yeah. Kanan wants to send a signal from a Imperial Communications Tower, which Ezra says is impossible. Right. Cannot break in there. They're a little guarded. Yeah. Uh, and, and he also says, that's a crazy plan. What are you fucking thinking? And Kanan's like, but that's why you like it. <laughs> and he's right. And I'm surprised that wasn't the line you used at the top of the episode. Uh, he said it to Ezra. It felt kind of weird. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. It felt weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the plan essentially is to uh, to take over the tower, send out a message to the people of Lothal, not just the people of Lothal, because that tower is powerful enough to reach a few of the surrounding systems too. And... So Ezra's like, okay, well, what are we going to say? And Kanan says something the Empire never says. The truth. Snap. Right? They're going to let people know what life is really like under Imperial fucking oppression. Is it, are you in? Yes, everybody's in. Cool. The plan is in motion. Okay. Did you you see Chopper at the end of the scene, what he did? No, what'd he do? He did the Hulk Hogan arm flexing thing. (laughs) He does that all the time, though. But, like, was it like the... With the one no, arm it was a two-arm the... curl at the same time nice. thing. I was like, Chopper, what are you doing? He's a flexor. He does. He did it last he, episode too. He beeps with his hand, with his arms. He he talks with his hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is easily my favorite scene in the episode. Oh my god! I rest in oh rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. So we are at the Imperial complex. Commandant Oresco and Taskmaster Grint have been called to Tarkin's office. Also in the office are Minister Tua, Agent Callus, and the Grand Inquisitor. And now Oresco and Grint sit down, and while Tarkin's talking, the Grand Inquisitor casually strolls around behind them. And look. When the Dark Force user is just casually walking behind you, you are in danger. Right. Like, these guys had no idea. They were too stupid to live. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not, oh, no. Like, no sense of self-preservation at all. Uh, Yeah, so Tarkin is noting that their efforts have not been very successful. And they're like, well, why did you summon it? Blah, blah, blah. And Tarkin's all, if you had one, we wouldn't be talking. And... I feel that in my bones, my manager bones. I would not yeah. be having this conversation with you. Had if you, you were done... doing your job, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Exactly. And Tarkin's like, so have you had any recent contact with these insurgents? Have you seen them lately? He already knows. There's no way he doesn't already know. And so Oresco's like, yes, well, there was an incident last night, or maybe it was Grint. It doesn't matter. They're voiced by the same guy. Um Last night, the insurgents stole some supplies, and there was like a speeder bike chase, and they got away. It was really nothing of note. There were no casualties. And Tarkin's like, ah. But you see, Commandant, there is something of note in that report. No casualties. Your rebel cell is more principled than others. So I was wrong. Kanan and Sabine were not killing them. 
hurting them very badly, but not killing them. Yeah. Okay. But others? Other cells? Other cells. There's other rebels. Yes. And even Grint is like, wait a minute, you mean there's others? Yes, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) There are. But Tarkin points out, yeah, they're, they're all over the place, but they lack the one thing that would make them a credible threat to the Empire. Unity. so yeah there's a lot of scattered pockets of resistance out there and apparently some of them are a lot more violent i wonder who's in charge of those Hmm, it's saw guerrera yeah those are those of you who went through clone wars with us know exactly who's in fucking charge yeah the the the, all of the murder hobo uh rebel cells are (laughs) saw guerrera so (laughs) murder hobos i love it so Tarkin's like, but this particular rebel cell that you have is unique because they have a Jedi. And you can tell he's like physically restraining himself from doing air quotes every time he says Jedi. I mean, <laughs> it's like he's gay, so it, it, it can happen. <laughs> and uh, Oresco's like, oh, no, no, they do have a Jedi. Yeah, we've encountered him. He totally lives up to the hype. He's super cool like the Jedi are. Tarkin's eyes roll out of his head. He can't fucking stand it. He's like, I doubt that. And he points out that the issue is that not that they have a Jedi, but that they keep letting the Jedi get away. Yeah. Which means that this Jedi is able to represent something to the people. Hope. Hope. Yeah. He says he would represent a belief in something other than the strength and security of the Empire. And that, gentlemen, is something I cannot have. Uh Uh-oh. And then... Now, the camera, this shot is brilliant because Tarkin's not talking to them anymore. He's got his back to them. They're, you can see them over his shoulders sitting down. He's got his back to them, which means he's facing Callus and Minister Tua. Yep. But behind him, behind Oresco and Grint, is the Grand Inquisitor who ignites his double lightsaber horizontally and just sort of pushes it forward. Yeah. They're fucking decapitated. Yep. Uh, and I have in my notes, this is a kid's show. This <laughs> <laughs> is a kid's show? Oh, man. But is there anything, any better application of a double-bladed lightsaber than decapitating two guys at once? No. I mean, come on. No. Come on. But the the point of this is Tarkin's talking to Callus and Minister Tua. Yeah. And they're shocked when they see this. Oh, no. They are shocked. Tua much more than Callus. Much more. Uh, and they do cover it. Like, we don't actually see heads get removed or anything we mostly just get a quick cutaway to their reaction we know by their reaction those guys are dead yeah yeah super dead they definitely just got beheaded and tarkin looks at them and he says make no mistake from now on failure will have consequences (laughs) and he orders callus to go ahead and send probe droids fucking everywhere and i'm like why haven't we done that before because that's tarkin's thing that's tar- <laughs> it's a tar- maybe he brought the probe droids with him look at they are not super well supplied out here yeah i mean that's Again, what wild I, that's, west that's what i had canon is that on his little shuttle he's bringing all these cool toys with him mm-hmm. right so the ghost crew are casing out the comms tower yeah yes uh yeah so they're looking at communications tower uh they note that this tower is heavily guarded and they're discussing how what they're gonna do and sabine's like well maybe i could Insert a spike into the computer. Wait, a what? A spike? Huh? A spike? Steph, would you like to know about a spike? Yeah, I only remember remember them from KOTOR. 
Yeah, it's a slicer term for uh, essentially uh, a, a piece of machinery that you can use to hack into a computer to get it to do something different than it was originally designed to do. And it can be controlled remotely. And, nice. And that's it. That's all I got on it. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It, it That that term first actually was uh, started... Oh, I forgot to write down the name of a book. It started off in, leg- in Legends territory, but it was incorporated into KOTOR in a kind of a significant way, depending on all the different quests that you did. And then, of course, it got brought up here in Rebels, thus canonizing the spike term. Nice. I like it. Uh, so, yeah, there's going to be spikes. And it was like it was like a consumable in KOTOR. Right. Like, it's consumable you, you, here, too. Yeah, you yeah you use it. You, you stick it into a computer. The computer does what you want. And you are minus one spike. Yeah, go get more. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, she's like, I can do uh, the spike thing if I could get into the place. Um but I totally fucking can't because it's really hard to get into this place. And I love that the two Jedi, they're basically like, come on, I bet you can, Sabine. Come on, YOLO with us, Sabine. God damn it. <laughs> I bet we could, could break into this place. But they do it in that Jedi way where they they butter you up, right? Yeah. Uh, because they're like, you're so awesome. We believe in you. Be optimistic. You could totally break in this super well-guarded Imperial installation. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And this is how Jedi get people to do their fucking crazy shit with them. Yeah. And this is also the Mandalorian versus Jedi dynamic. The Mandalorian is oh, going to yeah. be like, this is not good tactics. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Logic, logic, logic. Reason, reason. And Jedi's all, but colors and flowers. <laughs> the Jedi are like, but what if YOLO? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? They win every time. So hypothetically speaking, Sabine, if we could get in there and you could do this whole da- data spike thing. She's like, I could take over the transmitter in five minutes. And Kanan's like, three minutes is better. <laughs> and Sabine <laughs> Sabine says, hey, you can have it good or you can have it fast. And I felt that. I felt that too. In my, that in applies my, in my on moosey. so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> That applies on so many levels. It applies to cooking. It applies to fucking. It applies to everything. Look, it can be good or it can be fast. And look, sometimes fast is fine. Yeah. Sometimes fast is what you want. Maybe you want the McDonald's fries of a sexual encounter. Right. And you know what? Salty and delicious. Love it. (laughs) That's my drag name, by the way. Salty and delicious. (laughs) Salty and delicious. (laughs) You can have it good or you can have it fast. That's not what Sabine though means though, because no. she's a teenage girl. She means she's actually talking about her very applicable skill for for hacking and stuff. She's she's easily one of the most sort of jack of all trades skilled people. They've oh, absolutely, got on this absolutely. She's fucking well. Great. Yeah, and while they're discussing this, luckily nothing shows up to complicate the situation at all. Yeah, so they're about to leave when a probe droid gets dropped <laughs> off because they're like up on top of an overpass yeah. over the one highway out of town. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. The tower that they're looking at. Looks an awful lot like the tower where Ezra was squatting. Right. But it couldn't be unless the Empire has recently taken over that tower. Is there another tower with another highway leading out to it? Uh, they built They built this one. This is, uh, this okay. is a newly built tower. Because you can tell, like, Re- Ezra's tower is more run down. It's different yeah. colors. Yeah. I didn't know maybe if they renovated it. And it's something. not attached to a road. Like Ezra, is it not? I Ezra, thought there was a road I, that led out to that tower. I thought it's in the it was the of one road. We've had like five car chases on that one. Look, road. look, look, the 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 set design in Rebels is like they don't have a big budget, so you get one one road, and that road just goes fucking everywhere. Apparently, so there we go. Um, I I have to imagine this is this is on the other side of town. Yeah, yeah. This is is a different road. It's a different thing. Anyway, 
Uh, so they're up on this overpass and they see the probe droid get dropped off. And Sabine's like, that's an Imperial probe droid. And Ezra's like, does it see us? Not yet. How can you tell? Because we're not dead. <laughs> oh, right. Sabine was trained at the Imperial Academy. Oh, she knows these things. Yeah. So if uh, they, uh, uh, Ezra points out uh, uh, that... Vi- this not a viper droid it's a probe droid the probe droid is gonna potentially see their speeder bikes which they have parked conveniently on the side of the road and yeah. and that's bad oh, damn it that was just not a great hiding place no. right by the road really guys right by the road i know you guys live in a prairie you don't the okay so sabine's like what the fuck are we gonna do if we shoot it we're gonna get detected by the empire if it sees us we're gonna get detected by the empire it's lose lose and ezra's like i have a completely sensible idea <laughs> he I, just starts forcing yeah and and i'm like what is he is he gonna like force move the speeder bikes won't the viper right. won't the sorry the probe droid see that and i'm like stressed out i completely forgot about this part me too <laughs> and and i have in my notes loth cat attack <laughs> i choose you <laughs> it's so fucking great yeah he summons a loth cat out of the grass and this loth cat like leaps up on top of the probe droid and attacks it my favorite part about the sequence is the probe droid's pov <laughs> out of its little camera <laughs> and you just you see the loth cat's little paws just bap, 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 <laughs> on the camera fucking love it this one angry cat takes the droid out oops smashes it to the ground it's smoking and then it goes and jumps away it's gone i fucking love both cats you guys me too me too love them and ezra officially has the coolest force power ever right yeah Summon, summon creatures to summon do your bidding. Summon Lothcat. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Yeah. Summon Lothcat. That's all I need. If I could be a Jedi that can just summon Lothcats, I'm fine. I'm happy for the rest of forever. It's good. Oh. Anyway, Sabine points out that she could have just blasted the droid and gotten the same result. And Ezra's like, aha, but this way the Empire won't suspect anything. And the Lothcat thing is far more entertaining. <laughs> yeah, right. And he's totally right. If they had managed to take out the camera and not get filmed speeding away by the dying droid. Yeah. So speaking of which, Callus walks into Tarkin's office <laughs> and he's like, girl, I got some video clips to show you. Um, right. He tells Tarkin that the rebels were spotted at the communications tower. They're probably going to take it over and we need to double up on all of our security. And classic Tarkin, like the bitch that he, <laughs> like the bitch that she is, she's like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. We're going to keep things the same. I want you to be on standby for when the rebels show up. We'll lure them in because they think they have the element of surprise. And then you come in and you take them. Right. And Callus is super skeptical, though. Oh, I know. But Tarkin's like, why am I so great? Like, you know, like, he has that whole like air about him. I love that. Right. And then Callus is like, okay, if you say so. And he sort of backs away because he's like, am I going to get stabbed? Am I going to get stabbed? No. Cool. And he leaves. Um, then Tarkin. He doesn't look at the Grand Inquisitor because you don't look at your servants. Uh, but he tells him, you will have a chance now to redeem yourself. I want you to take that Jedi alive. And the Grand Inquisitor's voice says, your faith will be rewarded. Right. Yeah. But his face says, I'm going to kill you real slow someday. No, he's not. And I love that. <laughs> I love that for them. And yeah, no, he's not. Yeah, Spoiler. bless your heart, He's Inquisitor. Uh, uh, yeah, Tarkin, way cooler than the Inquisitor. Oops, Oops, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, baby. So, 
Back on the ghost, uh, the crew are prepping. They got the Bridger's radio from the basement, and they've got that all set up and ready to go to connect to the spike. The spike is ready. And uh, once they get the spike into the tower, they can transmit the from that radio from pretty much anywhere. The range is kind of unlimited. Uh, as long as the tower is transmitting, they will be able to transmit. Cool? Cool. Um, and then uh, so basically the plan is bust in there, insert the spike, take over the, the transmission, call Hera. She'll come in and scoop them up with the Phantom, right? As they're talking... Ezra is looking more and more subdued. Yeah. And Sabine is joking about like, oh, that's the plan, huh? Because all we, things always go according to plan, right? Ha ha. And Ezra's like, she's right. Yeah. We're fucked. <laughs> is his whole demeanor. And Kanan's like, what's up with you? And Ezra says, nothing. Because he's 15. Uh, and Kanan's like, all right, let's take a walk. Come on. Yeah. And part of it, when I first saw this, I was like, I'm wondering if like Ezra is sensing danger, but that's not what it is. No, Ezra has some very legitimate, legitimate anxiety because Kanan gets him outside. And he's like, OK, what's going on? And Ezra's like, I am not sure that we should do this. I thought I was as cool and as brave as my parents. I'm not. And Kanan's like, uh-huh. What else? Because there's more. And Ezra says, my parents spoke out and I lost them. And I don't oh, I don't want to lose you guys. OK, not over this. And Kanan tells him all of us have lost things. Ugh. And we will take more losses before this is over. But we can't let that stop us from taking risks. We have to move forward. And when the time comes, we have to be ready to sacrifice for something bigger. That's not foreshadowing at all, by the way. But that's also the rebellion. Yeah. Like, the being a part of the rebellion against this incredibly powerful, overwhelming galactic empire, this ain't for the faint of heart, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody is at risk. Once you decide to be a rebel, your clock starts ticking. It is a matter of time. There's a blaster bolt or a bright red lightsaber out there with your name on it. Yeah. It's just going to happen. And so that is something that that Kanan is starting to uh, embrace as just fact of the situation. And Ezra's like, cool, that sounds great and all, but it's not that easy. And Kanan's like, oh, I know. He says, my master tried to show me, but I never got it until I started trying to teach it to you. Looks like we're learning these things together. Uh-huh. And I am so in love with self-aware good dad, Kanan. I just... I, I, I have I have now oof. decided that Kanan shall henceforth be known as Force Daddy. <laughs> it's so fucking great. Right? And... And it's also legit. Like, the best way to learn something is to try and teach it to somebody else. Absolutely. I always tell people that when I'm, you know, running teams, it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. if you get a chance to mentor somebody, it's a great learning tool. Because when you're teaching somebody else what you think, you're going to relearn everything through somebody Mm -hmm. else's eyes. You're going to have a new perspective on everything. Would recommend do it 10 out of 10. Yeah, and you and you find yourself um, not taking details for granted, and uh, and looking into like the why and the wherefore of everything that you're doing. Um, it it doesn't just apply to to tech jobs, you know. It's, no, it's it, cooking, yeah. yeah, kung fu, everything. Yeah, yeah. You 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 get fresh perspective on it and stuff. So that's legit. That Kanan is learning while Ezra is learning. That doesn't mean that Kanan. You don't stop learning just because you become a teacher. If you find yourself as a teacher feeling like you stopped learning, you're teaching wrong. Amen. She said, as not a teacher, like I'm not, I am not a school teacher. Um, I, I've just taught Kung Fu. <laughs> and you know, I've, I'm a mom. I've raised children. So I know Kung I Fu. Like, I do know Kung Fu. Yeah. Yeah. But I was quoting the Matrix. 
Because I, I know. Because I love that movie. Okay. Okay. So back into the episode, we have the comms tower at night. Uh, Sabine just fucking rolls up on them on her little Vespa speeder, towing a whole ass barrel of Rhydonium. Sure. Yeah, she dodges Blaster Bolt. She skids and goes into like a, a Tokyo Drift situation and flings the Rhodonium barrel at one of the three gun turrets that are guarding this tower. Boom, it blows up. Ding, Sabine blows shit up counter. Yep. Meanwhile, in the background, we see Zeb skittering along and he jumps on the gunner in another turret, takes that guy out, uses that turret to shoot the third turret. That's effective. It really is. They're so good at this. Ezra and Kanan and Chopper all pull up. Everybody goes inside. Sabine and Chopper have three minutes to install the spike. And look, about the installation of the spike. Yeah. I have nothing appropriate to say. Nor do I. About the insertion of this phallic object into the hole that takes multiple minutes and it gets deeper and deeper into the... You just got to take your time. Nothing appropriate. Yeah. You got to let them relax. Yeah. You got to let them relax. No, I don't personally take them. I hear Popper's help. <laughs> you think you think Chopper slipped a, a Popper to the computer before doing this? No. No. <laughs> Chopper was like, bite the pillow, bitch. I'm going in dry. Yeah, That's pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so this is a kid's show. Uh, <laughs> well, not our show, but this show. Not our yeah, show, no. Yeah. Anyway, there's a beep beep. Oops, the Imperials are coming way sooner than expected. Yeah. It's a Chopper. trap. I, I, I don't yeah. The Imperial music starts playing. You know shit's about to go bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get outside. They see them. Like, yeah, there's some troop transports coming in the air and along the road. Here yeah. they come. This is terrifying. Kanan tells Sabine she has got one minute <laughs> to get this done. Not three. Chopper beep boops. Yeah, you and me both. I'm pretty sure the translation of Chopper's beep boops was, I got a bad feeling about this. Uh, agreed. Yeah. And that, that's, that's a counter in it. <laughs> Ding. Yeah, there you go. Ding on the uh, bad feeling counter. There you go. Zeb jumps on a turret outside. He starts shooting down the incoming flyers. Uh, did you get a look at what they're flying in on? Uh, those uh, th- Aren't those like Cone Wars shuttles? Okay, so they're not specifically. Uh, they are from Clone Wars. Which I'm scrolling way up in my notes. I got to find it. There it is. I forgot to God look it up. It. Sorry. Well, it's only your job. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a couple of details, actually, because this is me doing your job. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I, could, I couldn't remember if we talked about them before. I could have sworn we have. Uh, I don't know. Not since Clone Wars. Anyway, so the, the turrets that, like, Zeb is currently sitting on, the seat and controls uh, at the turret are the same model architecture as the TIE Fighter cockpit controls. In nice. Seat. So, you know, um, but these Imperial patrol transports that are flying in and one of them's got the fucking Grand Inquisitor on it. Those are um, the police helicopters from the Ahsoka gets framed arc back in That's Clone Wars. That's right. Um, just with a new paint job. Yeah. It's the same thing. The uh, same thing. I did love the shot of the Inquisitor standing there and one of them, one of the uh, sh- ships gets shot down in the background. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a. Uh, very attack of the clones. Ooh. Well, yeah, and he doesn't even fucking blink. Oh, he didn't give a fuck. No, he's no. like, oh, they're dead. Okay, fine. <laughs> he's very focused. Yeah, I love that about him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Zeb is shooting them down, doing their thing. Kanan is like, Ezra, go get Zeb and bring him back over here. And Ezra's like, I don't want to leave you, but he goes anyway. Yeah. Uh, and Kanan calls and f- calls Hera on the Phantom. Is like, hi. So plans changing. Eyes on the sky. Cool, 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 cool. Meanwhile, inside, uh, the spike comes to completion. (laughs) 
Well, no, insertion. There's no... Yes, fully fully, fully inserted. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the way in there. (laughs) Yeah. To the hilt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and then Ezra's uh, Ezra's like Zeb, get the fuck out of the seat. We gotta go. And Zeb's like, but I like this gun. <laughs> <laughs> and Zeb decides to abandon it because it's being shot at. Yeah. Uh, and they get him out of there right before the t- the turret goes boom. Um, Sabine and Chopper got the signal hijacked and everything. They're good to go. They come running outside, and Kane is like, no, 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 go back inside. Yeah. And go up the elevator. And Ezra's like, well, you got to come with us. And Kanan's like, I will be right behind you. No, you won't. Yeah, that's what that means. And Ezra doesn't know that yet. He's learning it right now. That when a Jedi is like, I'll be right behind you, don't worry. That means he's going to make a last stand so you can get away. Yeah, pretty much. Which means you're leaving him behind. And it's not just a Jedi. Space dads in general. This is a Star Wars thing. Space dads will stay behind so that uh, you can get away. Absolutely. We will see it again. Yep, so uh, ship lands and Callus comes out first. Do we need, wait, wait, wait. Do we need a counter? Do we need a space dad self-sacrifice counter? Oh, damn. Yeah. All right. First ding on the space dad self-sacrifice counter. The Kanan Jarrus space dad self-sacrifice counter. Oh, god there. damn it. Yeah, no, we're naming it after him. Uh-huh. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, we are. So Callus comes out of his ship first and Kanan's out. Now, this is a familiar situation. Oh, no, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, Callus says that. And then uh, Kanan smiles and is like, yep, same situation, same ending. Ignites his lightsaber, looking all cool and awesome. Uh, And uh, then Kanan's like, you'll lose, and blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, the Inquisitor shows up and... Oh, he didn't just show up. Oh, right. No, he had to make a dramatic entrance, leaping down from a hovering ship to land... There, because he's a Dark Force user and they can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. So the moment Kanan sees the Inquisitor shows up, uh, the, the Inquisitor, the Inquisitor, yeah. uh, Kanan decides to destroy the controls on the door, thus preventing it from being opened. Yeah, he's keeping the Inquisitor from following them up. And that's great. The Inquisitor has ships that fly. Right. Yeah. And they're actually here right now. It's not going to take them long to get them. But it was a good gesture, Kanan. There you go. <laughs> So, Kanan and the Inquisitor start fighting. Yeah. And, and the Inquisitor is all, now, Kanan, I have a bestie who wants to meet you. And mm-hmm. if you willingly come with me, he may let your friends live. Oh, Yeah. That's and nice. so Kanan's like, no, no, fuck you. I'll never surrender, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because Kanan is the distraction and he has accepted this. So he shuts off his saber and just looks at the Grand Inquisitor. And the Grand Inquisitor's like, unexpected. We're full of surprises. Boom! Surprise! Hera comes screaming down out of the sky, starts <laughs> shooting down the ships that are harassing the ghost crew who are up at the top of the tower right now. I love and, that. And uh, Sabine throws an explosive at another one of the ships. So another ding on the Sabine blow shit up counter. Uh, and so K- Hera is now picking up the ghost crew from the top of the tower. Cool. Kanan and the Grand Inquisitor are fighting again. Yep. By the way, the Grand Inquisitor did notice that uh, Kanan has improved. He's uh, been practicing. That's hot. Mm-hmm. But he's still not that good because the Grand Inquisitor is able to disarm him and then force pin him up against a wall. Uh, yeah, that was in a yeah. We're thinking the same thing. If you would like, thank to you. See, I ju- <sighs> if you would like to see Stephanie blush, <laughs> you can go to uh, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Steven's podcast for five bucks a month, where you can watch us uh, make inappropriate facial gestures as we're advancing Kanan being pin- force pinned to a wall. 
I have no clean thoughts about that. No. None. There are moments like this one where I'm like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be allowed to watch Rebels. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I specifically. Maybe it's a good thing we don't have the force, is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I would use it. I would use it. <laughs> oh, I oh. Yeah. Anyway, so up at the top of the tower, the rest of the crew all jump into the back of the Phantom, and Kanan is on the radio telling them to leave. Hera's like, fuck no, but they are definitely being bombarded from the troop transports on the ground. They're being shot, and if they stay too long, they're going to get shot out of the sky. Kanan yells at her. Yeah. Spectre 2, get out of here! Not an option, Kanan. No time! Go! We can't! Hera! He yells her name. Yeah. He's never done that. And it's the only thing that convinces her to leave. I know. Uh, and she goes. She doesn't want to, but she's still a war f- she's still a fucking soldier. So she's going to do the soldier thing and do what the boss says, right? So she leaves. No. No. I don't think that's the dynamic here at all. I think she's going because she trusts Kanan's judgment here. And and it's not, it's not a, because for one thing, he's not the boss of her. Oh, true, true, but like that's, that's not the, the dynamic. That's the, but that's the mentality. Is like the person that's making the sacrifice play is kind of in charge, and like you need to get the fuck out of here right now, regardless of how you feel. Get the fuck out. But I do, I, I just, I, I disagree with the characterization of it as she's a soldier following orders. None of these people are soldiers. Their rebels are a different animal. Like I think, these... well, I think Hera in particular is a warrior. I think she's been fighting a for warrior, a warrior, yeah. but not a soldier. Okay. Because I, I, there's, I, I, maybe it's semantics, but I feel like there's a difference between a warrior and a soldier. A mm-hmm. warrior is a much more autonomous creature. A soldier is going to follow orders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, Hera mm-hmm. isn't following his orders. She's responding to the desperate plea in his voice to get herself and all the people that he loves to safety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what it, it's not an order. Kanan couldn't order her around if he wanted to, and he doesn't want to. Uh, he, I agree with that. He definitely does not want to. But but she accepts the reality of the situation. Right. She accepts the wisdom in what he's saying, and she's sad about it, but she leaves. And uh, over Ezra's objections, mm-hmm. she leaves. Ugh, um, and that. she has to, because they're going to fucking die. So she takes off, and the Grand Inquisitor lets Kanan fall off the wall. <laughs> And Kanan's like, looks like I have time to meet your friend after all. Hey. Yeah, I have so. to I have to do a quick shout out to Ezra. Hmm. This is his worst fear. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like, I don't want to lose anybody. Kanan's like, oh don't worry, kid, this plan's gonna work. And now I'll be right behind you. It's fine. It's <sighs> fine. Yeah. And of course Ezra is now gonna be on the the self-blame train. Of like if I had stayed, maybe he would have lived. No, you would have just died. You would have just been captured along with him. No. God damn it. So, the ghost crew has gotten away, but we are now watching Kanan uh, in shackles on his knees, and I'm not having unclean thoughts about that. (laughs) It's a very dangerous situation, and we're not going there. And Uh, once AO3 gets back up, I'm going to go see if I can find something. (laughs) We have Tarkin incoming. Yeah. Because, of course, he doesn't show up until after, like, all the shooting is over. (laughs) He's not going to... But just in case, he is wearing the stupidest helmet. I fucking hate it. This is some Darth helmet shit. Thank like, you. Oh my god, I fucking have that in my notes. 
I'm like, I have him announce, what the fuck, Tarkin? And then I start going, Lone Star. But like, <laughs> like to, you know, try to make sound it more British or gay, whatever. Um, he's, yeah, no, it's a bad helmet. And uh, he looks, he's very space balls right now. Um, I, look, not all of us gays, including myself, are fashionistas. And I was about to say, he's just not a fashion gay. He's not That's a fashion all. gay. So now we He's know. a mean gay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Tarkin's like, so you're the Jedi. And Kanan's like, I ain't saying shit to you about shit. Like, we're doing the defiance thing. We right? ain't found shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, we are we are going to have to cover Spaceballs at some point. I know, I can't to. wait. Uh, yeah, so so Tarkin, uh, Tarkin is about to, like, have probably launch into a much bigger bigger monologue. He's about to have a queen moment. Yeah, here. of course. This is, a, this is the spotlight on me now. Uh, but unfortunately, somebody says, "Sir, we have a problem." The insurgents. It's callous. Okay, uh, sir, we have a problem. The insurgents have control of the of the tower. Yes, and they are transmitting. And then we hear Ezra's broadcast. He breaks through on all the radios. It's everywhere, right? Ugh. And Ezra starts saying, "Because we 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 cut to they made it back to the ship. They're going to keep doing the mission. They're going to do what they came here to do and make what Kanan just sacrificed for them worth it, right?" Mm-hmm. So Ezra's broadcasting, and he says, We have been called criminals, but we are not. We are rebels, fighting for the people, fighting for you. And he goes on to say, like, he's not that old, but he remembers when things used to be better. They weren't great, but they weren't like this. You see what the Empire has done to your lives, to your families, to your freedom, and it's only going to get worse unless we stand up and fight back. Mm -hmm. And then he starts to echo what Kanan told him earlier. That there will be losses, there will be sacrifice, but they can't back down just because we're afraid. Mm. That's what my parents taught me. That's what my new family helped me remember. Oh! <laughs> and tears down my face. Right! Mind you, this whole time, Tarkin has gotten Kanan onto the shuttle and they've flown up and Tarkin's just watching Kanan. He's not even looking out the window. He's watching Kanan's reaction as the gunships start shooting the comms tower down. Mm, What a bitch. And right before the signal cuts out, you hear Ezra say, stand together because that's when we are strongest as one. Because you remember what Tarkin said was the one thing the rebel cells are lacking? Unity. Unity. That's what Ezra's preaching here. He doesn't know that he's directly got his finger on the pulse of the issue as far as Tarkin's concerned. Yeah. But he does. Because story, baby. Story. Anyway, so yeah, the tower, the goddamn tower goes down and Kanan is just crushed. Yeah. And Tarkin just looks at Kanan, having never looked away from Kanan like a big fucking creep. And honestly, if I had Kanan Jones, Yeah, I would say, I don't, I'm not going to blame him for that. I'd be staring too. But he says, You do not know what it takes to win a war. But I do. And in my notes, I go, why am I turned on right now? Why? Because you are who you are, baby. God damn it. You are who you are. Fuck you, Stephen Stanton. (laughs) And it's because Tarkin is willing to go to lengths the rebels or not. And Tarkin has the resources to do it. Yeah. He can just fucking destroy that tower. They're going to build another one with more security. That's all. Whereas you people with your fucking string shoe, string shoe, shoestring is the word. Fucking rebel budget. You can't do this. You can't make the power plays I can. Which means you can't win, ever. That's his whole attitude here. And frankly, he's in a position to have that attitude. Yeah. Because, uh, 
Look, Tarkin's career has done really well since the Empire rose. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 I can't wait till we get to Bad Batch so I can make fun of a yeah. certain thing. But look, we'll we'll deal with that when we get there in like five years. <laughs> okay. So meanwhile, back on the ghost, the the transmission cuts out. They know that they're they're cut off. They're they're done. By the way, while it was transmitting, did you see the what was projected on the screens in in Lothal? Because we saw shots of of citizens everywhere all over Lothal seeing hearing this. Right. Uh, I saw it, but I didn't get a good look of the Arabish. It was. It was like, well, it wasn't Orabesh. It oh. was just a symbol. It was, uh, well, there might have been some more. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the I don't mind dyslexia. I was like, oh, it's pretty. Yeah. The point <laughs> is, it was Sabine's Firebird symbol oh. projected on the screens, which, if you look at it from a distance, the way we did in this episode, looks an awful lot like the symbol of the Rebellion. <gasps> the Firebird symbol is the origin of the symbol of the Rebellion. I love that. Yeah, I fucking love it. Anyway, back on the ghost. The the signal gets cut out and Ezra's like, do you think anybody heard if, if anybody was even listening? And Harris says, I have a feeling they did. Oh, space mom. Thank you. I know. And then Ezra says, this isn't over. And Hera goes from space mom to space avenging angel real quick and goes, no, it isn't. Uh-oh. Because it- she's going to get her mans back. Yes, yeah, she is. And <gasps> next episode. The- Damn it. Yes, uh, the episode is over. <laughs> God, why, Rebels? <sighs> to make you watch the next one. Imagine if we had to wait a week. Oh, wait, we do. Uh, I mean, we can watch it right now if you want to, but we're not going to talk I, about I, it until I, next week. I had to watch the next episode right after because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 and then the one after that, because guess what? This is technically an arc. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a fucking Clone Wars arc in the middle of my Rebels. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn mm-hmm. it. Well, this is how we wrap up the season. I know. Because this is the last three episodes of the season. I know. And I that, know. that is blowing my mind, too. We're already through season one of Rebels. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. Let me see if we have anything else for this episode. Because that is the end of the episode. Let's see if we have anything else. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Scro- for fuck's sake, scrolling. Oh, so... In the the whole montage over Ezra's final broadcast there, right? Uh, where we see the citizens are hearing it and, you know, Kanan is watching on in despair as the comms tower is being shot down and the, the Empire is flexing its might. This was very deliberately a sunrise scene because they did the assault on the, the comms tower at night. So by now the sun has come up and that is to symbolize the dawning of hope rising in the galaxy, even as Kanan is captured. Even as the Empire tries to squash it, you can't stop the sunrise. And that's why Tarkin's wearing that stupid fucking hat so he doesn't, like, put more damage on his skin. Right. Because of the light. And in the final shots of this episode where we've got, you know, the crew um, in the in the, the galley of the ghost doing this transmission, normally that's a really brightly lit room. But in this, most of the lights are out, and so the only light is on the crew so that it emphasizes these characters and how everybody is there but Kanan. Yep. So I don't want to hear anybody saying anything shitty about the animation in Rebels. They are telling a full visual story here through the lighting, through everything. Mm. So I fucking love it. I fucking love it. Anyway, do we have anything else nope. for Rebel Season 1, Episode 13, Call to Action New? I do not. I feel like we've cool. talked a lot about different stuff. I mean, I can go off on another rant if you'd like. Nah, save it. So, <laughs> that means that next time we will be talking about uh, Star Wars Rebel Season 1, Episode 14, Rebel Resolve. 
Is everything going to get resolved by next episode? Obviously. Obviously not. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? Oh, God, I'm so stressed out. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Let's outro, shall we? Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that. And you. And your shining face. Uh, If you enjoyed the music at the top of the episode, that was a gift to the show from one of our listeners by the name of Chorlesy. He's very talented. You can find him on uh, TikTok and Instagram as at C-H-O-R-L-S-Y. If you'd like to hang out with us uh, in between episodes, you totally can. We're available. We are on the social media. Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter for as long as we can tolerate the hellscape uh, as at DarkSide divas also if you haven't done so already you really should subscribe to our podcast leave a review (laughs) we can pretty much be found on most podcast platforms there's no reason not to also we have a swag store (laughs) redbubble.com forward slash official divas that's where you can buy t-shirts with our brands and the funny shit that we say just like the one that we're that i forgot that i came up with that steph wrote down that we're gonna have on the swag store soon possibly core world queen that's it that's the one core world queen want to be want to wear a core world queen t-shirt well in a couple weeks you'll be able to buy one um Mm -hmm. also uh we have a youtube channel under the dark side divas brand uh uh, just search for Dark Side Divas on YouTube. Subscribe there. We'll do we do live shows on there from time to time. We're probably going to be talking about the Ahsoka show pretty soon, so keep your eyes out on that. Uh, also, last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast. For five bucks a month, you have access to the best Discord community in all the galaxy. Uh, special content. Also, unedited video versions of our show. Where you can see Steph and I thirsting deeply all the time and you know that's us <laughs> and that's it okay that's it awesome okay uh real quick though what's the opposite of a core world queen would that be like an outer rim hood, hood rat i don't know what do we <laughs> o- outer rim hetero i don't know because i feel like it should rhyme anyway we'll workshop it we'll, we'll workshop, workshop it. It. i'm we'll sure we'll it. see we'll, we'll patrons think about it yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, let's go then. Say bye. Bye. Bye.